The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and strategies to shake up the status quo in human resources and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Welcome to our newest series, HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Today's buzz, the word of the day is recruiting. Okay, it's truth time for your HR department. I have a couple of questions for you, and you know who you are. Number one, are your hiring practices what you would call healthy or are they broken? Tough question. I'm also going to ask you if you favor experienced drones. You know who they are. Great resumes, lots of experience, but hmm. Over the unpolished gems who walk in the door, who you know can potentially drive great results for your company. Another question. How would the last six months of job candidates coming into your HR department rate your company on trustworthiness or perception thereof, transparency and authenticity? Very tough question. And last question, does the applicant who diligently researches your interviewer's background, you know who they are, and your corporate culture, you know, they arrive dressing the dress, talking the talk, walking the walk, do they get preferential consideration in the hiring stack? I just saw a tweet this morning entitled, How to Dress for Your Job Interview, we know. And one statistic for you, did you hear the news that by 2014, 40% of workers will be born after 1980. Mm, Whole new consideration. A lot to consider. I have a packed house of panelists today, experts in their fields. Let me tell you a little bit about the quotes they sent me, and then we'll meet them. First, we have Dr. Herb Greenberg from Caliper, and he sent me this quote. In life, as well as in business, we'd be much more successful if we judge people in terms of who they are instead of what they may have done in the past. We'll be talking to Dr. Herb in just a couple of minutes. Joining Herb on the panel is David Selinger from Rich Relevance. He tells me I can call him Selly because we're instantly best friends. And his quote is, the business war of the 21st century will be fought and then won or lost solely on the battlefield of talent. Those are fighting words. We'll talk to Sally in a minute. Joining us also is Chris Dunn from Kinetics and also a uh, prolific blogger, and we'll find out more about him. But he says, and he quotes Chucky Sullivan, remember Goodwill Hunting from 1997? This is from Chucky. But you know what the best part of my day is? The 10 seconds before I knock on your door. Because I let myself think I might get there and you'd be gone. I'd knock on the door and you wouldn't be there. You just left. 
Now, I don't know much, but I know that. We'll find out what Chucky Sullivan's quote has to do with recruiting. And rounding out our panel is from Success Factors, an SAP company, Will Staney. And Will quotes the U.S. department store merchant and giant, John Wanamaker. I still have a Wanamaker clock, Will. And his quote is, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. The trouble is, I don't know which half. So join us for the next hour. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about finding the right talent, recruiting best practices. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome again to HR Trends with Game Changers presented by SAP. Let me start introducing my guests. But those of you who are on Twitter, we'd love to see you at hashtag SAP Radio. We've got SAP tweeting. We've got Malcolm Kimberlin at SAP underscore radio. We've got SAP at SAP. We've got all kinds of interesting people. I saw Will Staney. Yes, Will was uh, tweeting with me this morning a little bit as well. So let me introduce my panelists. Herb Greenberg, Ph.D., is founder and CEO of Princeton-based company Caliper, a human resources consulting firm with offices around the world in 13 countries. For more than 50 years, that's a long time, Herb, Caliper has assessed the potential of over 3.5 million individuals for over 28,000 companies worldwide. Herb has been blind since age 10, and that has something to do, I think, with his quote. He earned a Ph.D. with highest honors in human relations and psychology from NYU, and he's the author of the New York Times bestseller, Succeed on Your Own Terms, as well as How to Hire and Develop Your Next Top Performer. Herb Greenberg, welcome to HR Trends. How are you today, Herb? I'm I'm terrific. How are you doing, Bonnie? Good. We don't have a great connection with you. I want you to talk a little louder for me because I'm having trouble hearing you. Herb, where are you? Often they say I talk too loud, but I'll try to yell. Okay. You sound like you're in a tunnel. We might fix that during the break. Herb, where are you calling from? Princeton, I hope? I'm calling from Princeton from my desk. Okay, well, hello to Herb and his desk. We'll be hearing more from you in a couple of minutes. And I know for a fact, because I'm on Long Island, that you probably have a gorgeous day there today, Herb. So hang on, let me in, let me introduce my other guests, and then we'll get started with the quotes. David Selly Selinger co-founded Rich Relevance in 2006 to arm retailers with tools to compete with Amazon. Well, that's a big competitive move. Selly previously led the R&D arm of Amazon's data mining and personalization team, where he developed and deployed three new recommender systems that increased Amazon's annual profit by over $50 million. Before that, he co-founded Redfin, an industry-leading real estate search and brokerage company, and he's recognized as a 40 under 40 innovator in the San Francisco region and among direct marketers. Selly, welcome. How are you today? Good morning. Doing wonderfully. I'm uh, sitting in San Francisco staring out over the capital of California, which amongst U.S. governments is at least one that's still functioning. So, <laughs> Glad to hear somebody still functioning. We certainly are here on HR Trends Radio, and you sound marvelous, darling. So thank you, Sally, for, for joining us today. Let me introduce next Chris Dunn. He's a partner at Kinetics, K-I-N-E-T-I-X, and he has led HR practices in Fortune 500 companies and venture capital held startups. Chris believes, this is another great quote here, the key to great talent management business results is to get great people then do cool stuff to maximize their motivation, performance, and effectiveness once you have them in the door. He also believes all forms of HR admin should be squeezed down to the smallest amount of time possible. Why? Giving you more time to do what matters and what doesn't bore you. Hmm. Chris professionally has made over 3,000 hires and 1,000 fires before he owned part of a recruiting firm. He blogs at hrcapitalist.com and fistfulloftalent.com. Welcome, Chris Dunn. How are you today? 
Hey, it's great to be here. So I weaved a thousand fires and the word cool into the same bio. So if I accomplish <laughs> nothing else, I've got that going for me. I think you've accomplished a lot. I see Sully here uh, blog uh, on Twitter. Yes, thank you, David Selinger. And I see Rich Relevance here. My goodness, the Twitter Twitter stream is starting to get heated up. Thank you, Chris. Looking forward to a lot from you today. And Will Staney, I didn't forget you. We saved the best for last, if you could say so. Director of Recruiting and Strategic Programs at Success Factors, an SAP company. He leads the development of Success Factors online recruiting marketing strategies, employer branding. We'll talk about that today. And strategic talent acquisition programs before success factors will was talent acquisition web strategy manager that's a big title will must have been a big business card at vmware where he led the program that trained the entire global staffing team and implemented social media strategy and adoption throughout the organization his speaking appearances include linkedin talent connect hr technology conference europe burson impact we know burson and TalentNet social recruiting conference will staney how are you today I'm doing great. Just getting over a call, a cold, so I'm um, sorry if I have to mute to cough later, but feeling a lot better today. I'm uh, calling in from my home office in Austin, Texas. Wonderful. How's the weather in Austin? We don't usually get callers from, or not often, from Texas, so what's going on down there? It's been pretty odd. We've been getting uh, floods, like floods and rain, like we we haven't had in years, but uh, we've needed it because we've been in a drought for the last four years. Well, I hope things are looking up and greening up for you, and thank you very much, and I hope you feel better. Yes, go on mute when you need to cough, but remember, you could be called upon at any second. So, you know, keep your finger on that button, and thank you, Will. I hope you feel better. Let's go back into the quotes, and let's start with Herb Greenberg from Caliper. In life as well as in business, you'd be much more successful if we judge people in terms of who they are instead of what they may have done in the past. Herb, this sounds like it flies in the face of the whole idea of a resume, which is what you've done in the past. Talk to me, Herb. How did you come to this conclusion? Well, we've been flying in the face of the resume for 52 years. <clears throat> the, um, the fact is, and we've done literally hundreds of studies of companies, and somewhere in the neighborhood of 70% of people currently working are not doing jobs that are best suited to their personality. So that doesn't mean they're terrible at it. doesn't mean they should be fired right away. It means they could be doing something a lot more productive if somebody had bothered matching them to the right job. Now, when you look at resumes mm-hmm. and you say, okay, I want a salesperson, you're going to look at somebody who's been selling, and 70% of those people probably shouldn't be. So you're going to pick somebody, and you have a good shot at picking that somebody who's in that 70% misemployed person. So what have you done? You've, 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 re, you've rerouted an already incorrectly routed person. And the answer is that if you looked at someone with the real ability to sell. That is the motivation, the the hunger to get the yes, the empathy to read people and understand people, the, the ability to take rejection that a salesperson has to take. And if you looked at those factors and say, that's who I want, and I'm going to teach them, I'm going to use good training to teach them the skills, then you're going to have a successful person. 
Interesting. And then there's a word you brought up, Herb. Uh, we're going to, Sally, we're going to get you in before the break. Herb, there's a word you used I don't often hear in the conversation with recruiting, even though I'm not an HR. I've been around the block a couple times. I rarely hear the word personality. It's like it doesn't matter or what do you really want to do? It's here's the job. Here's the description. Okay. Do you have the right X, Y, and Z, the right number of years, the right training, whether it's school, whether it's on the job, whether it's uh, life experience? And that's how you are put into that round, sometimes the round peg in the square hole. We'll get into a lot more. Thanks, Herb. Great insights. Sally Selinger, Rich Relevance. Let's do your quote before we hit break, and then we'll get to Chris and Will afterwards. Sally, you said the business war of the 21st century will be fought, then won or lost solely on the battlefield of talent. Talk to me, Sally. What do we mean by that? So as, as business gets more competitive, the need to have talent that can actually execute on the needs of our, our various businesses becomes increasingly high. That's obvious. But I'm going to lean on, on something and build off of what Herb said, uh, borrowing from Daniel Pink, who talks about the motivations, especially of, of highly capable individuals, and the, the difference between somebody who's motivated to, to do work and understands the impact they're having on their environment versus somebody mm-hmm. who doesn't, which I think is, again, directly in line with what Herb said, is, is fundamental. And in today's talent pool, where there are great companies out there, uh, in, in my world, there's startups I'm competing against Twitter, against Facebook, against Google, against Apple sometimes. The ability to attract the best talent, which can use the, the emerging types of technology, I'm, I'm in the big data field, which has got to be in one of the most competitive areas out there, mm-hmm. is, is incredibly high. The, the competition is, is uh, something that we think about constantly. And when you start thinking about that, it changes the context. And I'm, I'm really interested to hear um, uh, about Will, what Will has to say because he talks about talent marketing and, and thinking about talent as a battlefield where you've got to fight to get the right people. They've got to be motivated to do the right things once they come to your company, and they have to receive the right training so that they can maintain and grow their careers while they're with you. Exactly. Good points all. And I just want to recap here and ask a question to my panel. I don't have any statistics on the number of jobs, let's say, uh, Sally, in, in big data fields where how many applicants for each job. And I would guess that the overwhelmed H department might not be able to do the best possible job of honing in. Perhaps they don't have time. They don't have bandwidth to look at what Herb calls personality, the personality factor. Let's dive into that when we come back. You know what? We're just about at the break. Yes, we are. We're running a little bit late because we have such great panelists and they have so much to say. It's a good thing. We're going to go to break. When we come back, I'm going to ask Chris Dunn from Kinetics and Will Staney from Success Factors to talk about their quotes and then we'll get to our one of our favorite segments, What's in Your Cup Today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to HR Trends with Game Changers presented by SAP. Don't even think of touching that dial, that app, that mouse, or hanging up that phone. We've got a lot more on finding the right talent, recruiting best practices, and it's important for your company to hear this. We'll be right back. Brad, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. 
Today's reality, your HR department is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line, you need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying HR Trends with Game Changers. Presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to HR Trends with Game Changers. Here we are. I'm going to continue where we left off. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham, and this is still HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. We're going to continue with what I call deep diving into the quotes my guests sent me. Our topic today is finding the right talent, recruiting best practices. Let's pick up the pace here with Chris Dunn from Kinetics. And Chris, wonderful quote from Chucky Sullivan from Goodwill Hunting. I love the movie all the way back in 1997. I didn't think you were even old enough to remember that movie, Chris Dunn. No. But talk to me. Why this quote it's very interesting it goes all over the place what is chucky trying to say and what about this has to do with recruiting best practices talk to me well yeah so i i think it has to do with being a magnet for talent so if you think about that scene it's the ben affleck character the working construction he's working with matt damon who's the the genius right mm-hmm. and and he cares enough about his talent that he's actually his friend but think about like ben affleck character's is, is the manager and Matt Damon is the talented employee, you know, and, and what strikes me about that, I'm really thinking a lot about the type of manager who really serves as a magnet for talent. And you know what? More and more what I see is the one, the managers who have truly evolved and are really attracting talent into their team and their organizations are the ones that help the employees, their direct reports look not only internally for opportunity, but externally, and they do a lot of things like very, you know, specific to, to that end. And ultimately, will they will they lose some employees um, to other opportunities externally? But they certainly will. But the, the thing that happens is word gets around, and those people mm-hmm. end up being magnets for talent down the road. And it's just a really powerful thing if you help employees look both internally, but then you really help them look externally as well. To me. Those are the keys to kingdom from a trust perspective, and it's just going to make your organization, that specific manager, a magnet for people wanting to work for them in the industry you're in. So, Chris, does it have to do with, with the, the P word that Herb Greenberg brought up before in his opening, the personality word? Is it the personality of the manager as well as how they dress and the corporate culture and what time of the day they have lunch and what kind of holidays they give you? Does the manager's personality speak as a representative of the employer's branding? Well, I think it does. And, you know, more specifically, like related to the quote and kind of weaving that with Herb, you know, to me, it really has to do with that manager acting as a career agent. For the employee in question, 
that's really the sweet spot. So if the manager does that, not only are they going to be like a brand ambassador, but uh, mm. they're just going to gain that trust. They're going to get that, that one-on-one connection. And the only way to do that in today's world, you think about like outsourcing, you think about offshoring, all the stuff that's ha- happened economically, the slow rebound to uh, recessions. I was just at a conference I presented earlier this morning that showed the rebound to the current recession versus all other recessions to post-World War II from a standpoint of unemployment coming back. Everyone knows it's been slow. And the mm-hmm. only way to get trust and to really get the great talent is to help talent look everywhere. And you want to keep them for a long time, but the talent has to inherently trust you that you've got their best interests at heart. And sometimes that's external. So going back to the quote, you know, think about Ben Affleck. It's his best friend. And he's saying, hey, you know, the best time of my day, based on the talent you have, is before I knock on your door and I'm, I'm hoping that you're gone. Um, mm. And what kind, of, what kind of trust would that build if you could do the same thing as a manager with, with your direct reports? You don't want to push them away. But at the same time, you got to have that trust where you're looking out for their best interests, you know, in a wider fashion than just your organization. Thank you, Chris. It sounds to me like we're trying to put the human back in human resources. I know that sounds corny, but it just think I'm just thinking personality and caring and authenticity and trustworthiness and the manager being a brand ambassador. I love that phrase. I hope somebody tweets it for us. Tom, you can tweet that one. And I'm, I'm thinking that we're putting some humanity back, caring about people, which will make the company stronger and healthier and have workers who are committed and do their best. Great points. Thank you, Chris, and thanks for indulging me in, in going through the movie review there. Will Staney, I have not forgotten you, my dear. Success Factors, SAP. You quote John Wanamaker. I do have a little replica of a Wanamaker clock. Do you know what that is, Will Staney? Have you ever seen one? I have not seen one. Oh, it's it's a little glass dome, and inside is a beautiful little painted face with like a little metal crown on top, and four little gold balls or whatever they're made of circulate to the right and to the left, and that's how the clock keeps time. That's a Wanamaker clock. You can look it up. But let's get to your quote. Half the money I spend on advertising is wasted, quoting John Wanamaker. The trouble is I don't know which half. So talk to me, Will. How does this relate to recruiting best practices, our topic of the day please yeah this is a very famous quote um from a very famous uh merchant uh department store merchant and in the 1800s and 1900s but the quote has been used and reiterated over um the history of advertising especially in the 1950s era of the madman era of advertising where you know they knew that some of the advertising work they didn't know what worked so they just kind of did everything they put a you know, put an ad in the newspaper. They did, uh, you know, print ads in magazines, and then they would do a, a spot on a TV on a TV show. And they don't know what works. They just know that sales increase, but they don't know where. And I think that we are in the recruiting um, industry, and HR is is really in that same boat right now. Is that we're we're spending money on advertising our positions, advertising our employment brands. And not knowing really what's working and what's not. And I think it's, we need to really think more like our product marketing departments at our own companies and learn from them and understand that, uh, the way we market our positions and our culture should be very similar to the way we market our products. So we need to be where people are, are hanging out. We need to have a multi-channel, multi-channel marketing approach to our recruiting strategy and we need to measure it and we need to, 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 look at our source 
uh, information and match that back to our hiring data and really see what's working and what's not and tweak those strategies over time to become more and more efficient, right? Historically, the last 10 years, our industry has all been all about automation, automating as much as we can to get rid of the, the admin-type task of, of recruiters, and that's great. But we're we're stepping into a, a place where now our our recruiters have time to be more talent advisors, but also to be uh, emotional marketers, to be able to go out there and be those brand ambassadors, like uh, like Chris was saying, and 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 just be able to transparently get across through dynamic dynamic content, maybe videos, through social, um, through engaging with employees to tell their stories to really paint a good picture of what it's like to work at that company, infuse it with some, with some job advertising, and, and measure it, and measure what's working and get better over time. Okay. Will, I, I have a truth time question for you, and the whole panel can jump in here. The question is, we talked about the trustworthiness of a company, of the hiring manager. We talked about authenticity, about companies really caring about the value people are bringing. Herb mentioned the personality factor. All sounds great. But when you talk about assessing the successfulness of the recruiting effort, you're talking really about having the employees talk to you, giving you the feedback. Now, in a tight job market, in a competitive job market, Market. Does that trustworthiness, trustworthiness, authenticity, and truthfulness, does that have it has equal or greater value on the side of the employee saying what it's really like to work somewhere? We talk very often on, on uh, SAP Game Changers Radio about retail and about millennials, and we talk about social media, and everybody is a voice. Everybody owns your brand because they have a voice, a screaming voice if they choose one on social media. You don't want employees saying what an awful place to work on Twitter and and Facebook. You want them to tell you what the issues are. So how can you trust your employees who need that job, Will, to tell you the truth internally before they go out the door? Is that a big challenge for companies today? Yeah, I think it is a challenge, but I think um, for for us, for example, um, I head up our our life at SAP communities and our uh, success factors careers communities. And those encompass both employees and, you know, external possible candidates in the public. Um, I really see our employer branding efforts as, as really both an internal and external uh, marketing tool or communication tool, really, is to get employees talking to candidates, employees talking about their experience. And you can do this in a way where you're, you're asking for, um, for transparent you know, anonymous reviews like on Glassdoor, but you can also do it in a way where, you know, you're, you're asking them to, to answer a question like, what, what do you love about working? What's, you know, you, you want to steer it towards a positive light, of course, but you have to be transparent about what your weaknesses as an employer are as well, because it's going to come out. We, we are in the, the age of social mm-hmm. media and it's going to be out there. You're either going to be a part of the conversation telling your company side of the story, or you're just going to let the public decide what you're, you know, what, what, what's going to be said about your company or working there. I want to ask the rest of the panelists. We have only two minutes to break. Herb, Selly, and, uh, and Chris, any comments on what Will and I are talking about in terms of getting people to tell you honestly what the strengths as well as weaknesses are, what strengths are and weaknesses, rather, of working for your company? Herb, David, uh, Chris, anyone? This is Sally. I'll pipe in. Please. 
So, so I, I couldn't agree more. I think that especially in the world of social media, you've, you've got to live as if everything were transparent. And I find, you know, again, kind of in, in that same vein of being able to acknowledge both your strengths and your weaknesses, we have gone through stages at our company of being increasingly or, or less transparent with our employees. And I, I have to say that it's the time periods where we're the most transparent with, with our employees, you know, with our financials, with our sales performance, mm-hmm. with our operational weaknesses, with our opportunities uh, facing forward, that we find we get the highest engagement from our employees, and that that high engagement with employees is also incredibly highly correlated with our ability to close new candidates. Uh, We've really invested in the last few months in in doing that, and we've seen our recruiting close rate from from offer to acceptance, even verbal offer to acceptance, above 90%. And again, in a world where candidates always have choice and your competition is going to be transparent, your competition is going to be out there, you've got to be at the fore of pushing that transparency and openness. Thank you, Sally. Quick question for you before we go to break, and, and I think that was her. We'll wait for after the break for your remark. Question, Sally, is does this have anything to do with the age of the employees? Do the employees who are younger, the millennials and, and up a generation or two, a little, a little bit older versus the, the baby boomers who are still very much in the workforce, I am one, I know that, um, do, do we, the baby boomers, are we more reluctant to speak to the company and say, hey, I'm not too happy with this or I'm not too happy with that? We may not be the ones to go on social media, but we may have some disgruntled attitudes. What do you find, Sally, in, in your travels? I'll definitely say that there's a difference in, in the generations, but I, I wouldn't go mm-hmm. so far as to say that that the, uh, the baby boomers aren't using social media or less willing to, to express their opinions. Um, I would definitely, I definitely find that in general, the, the workforce as a whole is moving towards using those more transparent communication channels. And we engage with our employees, whether, whether the more experienced ones or the newer entrants into the, into the workforce, uh, in the same way. And, and, in fact, I would say that the people who appreciate transparency the most frequently are our employees, even employees that have been with the company for a long time. But those that, that have been around the block a couple times especially appreciate that level of transparency. Thank Agreed. you very I don't much. Think you it's took us. a generational us... thing either, Will. You don't. Okay, Will. No. You know what? Save that for just after the break. We're running late. When we come back, we'll pick up with Will Staney from Success Factors. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We've got a great panel today, a lot of interaction going on, a lot of good questions and answers. Topic of the day finding the best talent, recruiting best practices, and the right talent as well. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that dial, that mouse, that app. We're going to find out what my guests are drinking. A late coffee break. Yes, we will. Brad, take us out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. Today's reality, your HR department is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line, you need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
You're enjoying HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to HR Trends with Game Changers. Here we are. When we left off, we were talking with Will Staney at Success Factors, an SAP company. Will, why don't you pick up the conversation where we left it, please? And then I know Herb Greenberg wants to dive in. So go ahead, Will. Yeah, I just say I don't think I don't think it's entirely a generational thing when it comes to uh, social media adoption. I think it's being adopted amongst all the generations, but it's really from a platform standpoint. Um, you're going to see a lot more of the baby boomers on Facebook, whereas many of the millennials are kind of maybe because the baby boomers are on Facebook are going to other places. They're you know more uh, more visual type social networks like Instagram, uh, Pinterest. Uh, you know, places like that, but they're all using social technology. And I think that's what we're trying to say is for, for you, when you're recruiting any type of candidate, let's say you're looking for a baby boomer age, uh, a kind of experienced, uh, a worker, you have to look at that individual, the kind of person that you're looking for and think about how you're going to look for that person based on where they would exist online. Uh, I, like I wouldn't go out and try to hire or attract uh, a baby boomer the same way I would a millennial, but I can guarantee you that social media media will be a part of both, right? So yeah, it's really it's just like uh, it's just like your product marketing department when they're looking for customers, they they have a they have a target profile, they have a persona, and and they and they do research and know where those type of people hang out online, and they try to attract them there. Interesting. Thank you very much for that course correction. I appreciate that. Dr. Herb Greenberg at Caliper, I know you had something you wanted to add. Herb, go ahead. Okay. I think um, um, there's, it's an amazing situation to see the productivity of an employee who really wants to be doing what he or she is doing as opposed to the person who, quotes took a job, gets a paycheck. Uh-huh. Um my, my company, Caliper, won the Sullivan Award as a good place to work, and um, we have people who've been with us 30 years. The loyalty is amazing. The productivity is amazing. I mean, there's, there's an old uh, human resource axiom that goes, you can teach skills, you cannot teach attitude. And that is the reality. If we could understand the training can do a great deal of helping somebody perform a particular task, but it can't make somebody be what they're not. You couldn't take me, for example, and make me a computer specialist. I, I think I'd drive you out of business, uh, no matter how much training I, I, I got. You, so it really does need to start with the individual, and it's not only... You know, the right thing to do as a human being. But let's remember, most of our working life as adults is spent, most of our life as, as adults is spent at working. And if you're not happy with what you're doing, if you or you just barely, you know, adequate with what you're doing, it, you're just not going to be happy in life, and you're just not going to be that productive. When when you people are doing what they really feel good about, it's amazing the kind of production. They don't look at every minute. They're, they're glad to be doing what they're doing, and that that's 
that's what our company has been about for 52 years, trying to persuade industry, and we've had some success at doing it. And in, 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 let's forget that old reference thing. You know, you, you got, of course you've got to know what the person has done. But you, mm-hmm. but you need to know who that person is. Is there a light in their eye when they're talking about the job? Or are they saying, well, you know, I just need a job. Um, mm-hmm. All the difference in the world. And if, if companies have the courage to say, let's look at people. When you talk about hiring veterans, for example, hiring disabled, hiring older people, I mean, uh, and giving people at age 65 a chance to start a new career. How about that? There's tremendous people, a lot of people, want to do that. They don't want to go out and play golf, but no one wants to give them a chance. Uh, looking those, at those sources of people and saying, let's see what this person is, and then let's see if we can teach them how to do it. Uh, I think that that whole situation of hiring of people bring, coming in for three months and they're gone again, that will ease up enormously. I know it's eased up among a lot of our clients. I want to ask so, the rest of the panel to comment on what Herb said. Great points all. And Herb, by the way, we very often cover D&I diversity and inclusion on this series, HR Trends with Game Changers, very much aware of hiring those potential gems who wouldn't, normally look like a gem when they walk in the door because you never thought of hiring in the first place. Uh, Sally or Chris or Will, any comments on well, what Herb said? Will? Who's, yeah, Will? I, I agree with them. I think that there's a focus changing towards soft skills than just hard skills, right? Um, especially when you're in, you know, you're hiring in, in an industry like, like tech, like I am, where there is an obvious talent shortage, right? So, being able to be a, or being a successful recruiter in that market to me is being able to really understand what are transferable type skills and really look into soft skills and using multiple sources when you're trying to attract talent or when you're trying to recruit talent to get a full picture of, of that of that candidate because you know just a resume like like they were saying earlier in just those hard skills are not the full picture. To me, I will hire that person that puts themselves through college, that have just an ambition, an entrepreneurial spirit, but mm-hmm. maybe not quite the experience we're looking for over someone with a lot of experience that, to me, after doing research, after having a phone interview with them, didn't come across as really hungry or loving what they do. If you find someone who just loves, is very passionate, I like to think that I am that way about my career, very passionate about what they do, you could teach them anything. They're going to soak it up and they're going to be the best they can be. Some of, for me, some of the best employees I've hired had no experience. They were right fresh out of college, but they had the ambition and the passion for the subject and, and for the expertise. And they grew leaps and bounds to become some of the best employees I've ever had. Bonnie, this is okay. Sally. I'll, I'll jump in there yes, with, with three Please. quick points. Number sure. one is it would be just statistically of the terminations I've had to make in, in the course of my career, and we all hate these, uh, but I've gone back and recounted them, and over 70% of my terminations have not been on the basis of skills, but have been on the basis of personality. And, yeah. and I think that's a, that's a ah. telling factor there. Uh, the second thing I would, I would highlight would be building off of Will's comment about the, the form of education is less important now as is the, the passion and the type of, whether they got the education on the job or through experience or 
formally, uh, I was walking around with one of our, our principal engineers, which is it, it really a senior as it gets at my company, and we were talking, and he mentioned how he'd uh, just barely finished high school and then didn't go to college, and I, and I, I found myself just a little bit surprised, and, and then it, you know, in the same breath, I said, ah, that, that's totally cool. I'm, I'm actually really excited to hear that, and he's done incredibly well for himself and his family. And then the third thing I would highlight is building on the same context of, of finding people who are, are passionate because you can train the other things. I think I'd build off of what Will said. We are absolutely operating in a skills deficit environment. And mm-hmm. the ability to train and train well and train on skills that are valuable in the marketplace is, is so important. We train our employees. We have a thing called the Big Data Boot Camp. And we train all of our employees on big data. There are almost no available candidates on the open market that know how to really use big data. And so we're training people. And what's interesting is that that's a skill that then would obviously be transferable to another employer. But it's one that I think our employees really appreciate that Mm -hmm. we're investing in that virtuous cycle. And then to go back to the recruiting cycle, it's also something that we then use to close and and acquire new talent. Great term, virtuous. Yes, Hey, Bonnie, Chris, one quick thought, and then I'll I'll let you move on, is what we see in the marketplace is the biggest soft skill that either provides a match or provides, as as everyone's kind of talked about, a tremendous miss. biggest soft skill we see is what I I like to call rules orientation. So a high-rules person, first-blood situation they they meet in your company as a white-collar professional, looks for the operations manual, and they want to follow the rules. A low-rules person, however... Tell me if this sounds familiar in today's workplace. Loves the chaos, and they mm-hmm. want to be involved with finding the best path and the best solution, rather than being constrained by your "quote unquote" operations manual. So, when we look at soft skills, the one that is like most prominent for our clients is going to be that rules orientation. There are others to be sure, but that's the one where we find either drives like a really good soft skills match or a really horrible miss. I have a question for the whole panel. We still have to get to coffee break, and we got three minutes till the last break, so we're in a rush now. My, my question, Chris, I'll kick this off with you. Is there a trend where companies have to retrain their hiring managers, their longtime entrenched HR people who are not personality-driven? They're looking at just the resume, going back to what Herb started this whole conversation with. How does a company say to its HR person, hey, you've been around 30 years doing a great job, but, you know, we want to look for those soft skills. We want to look for personality and passion and drive and and that kind of ambitious excellence, that virtuosity. So, Chris, how much training is going on within HR to get the managers who are hiring and sifting through these thousands of resumes to look for something else? Talk to me quickly. Well, I think your your panelists represent a a great kind of cross-section, but a small cross-section of companies where their HR people are probably doing that and doing that well. And in broader America, and like broader global, like it's an absolute, um, you know, it's a mosh pit. It's not good. So not enough companies are training their HR people. First of all, they have to put a platform in. Then they've got to train them on the value of that platform. And then, you know, and I'll, and I'll kick it to the others. Then like the most important thing is HR people really have to become marketers of why mm-hmm. all that's important and help the hiring managers make the transition. So, most people haven't started the basic training and that HR people and recruiters as marketers to try and like get the managers like high on the adoption scale is a really big issue. Thank you. Thank you for indulging me. Anybody else want to come to that point quickly? Yeah, I, I just, well, I, I agree. I think 
not just being marketers, but recruiters as, as really talent consultants or talent advisors that work with those hiring managers to help them understand that, you know, they have weaknesses when it comes to hiring. Many hiring managers, some of them have different different weaknesses, but a lot of times they want to hire people that are like them, that have the similar college education, some of that. And, and instead of really looking at the kind of personality and the kind of person that's really going to work well with their team as a whole. And so you have to kind of come at them with, from a consultative approach and, and really try to, to teach them, try to train them, you know, do an open search with them even and show them, you know, the kind of talent that's out there. Um, so it's got to be a consultative approach. They've got to be, um, you know, both marketers and psychologists. <laughs> Thank you. And you know what? I, I want to tell let the me panel. Add something here, if I Go might. ahead, Herb, please. Yes. Um, we, we work with, uh, with several recruiters, and what they do is they check with us first. Uh, and when they've interviewed someone, they'll take our test, and they'll make sure that the person who they send to the client wants the job. In other words, one of the things we talk to recruiters about, they're not our enemies, they're our allies. When they, when, if a recruiter can understand, they try to get a sense of how much does the person really want the job. What's in that person that says, I am looking forward to that job. And if they could screen and protect the human resource departments about interviewing scads of people that are a waste of time, that recruiter will be earning five times their fee. But but many recruiters just don't do that. They they look at the experience. They say, you know, ten years experience, good, send them. But not knowing that it was one year's rotten experience repeated ten times. So I think exactly. And every time I talk to a group of whether it's recruiters or sales managers, and I mention that one to ten figure, you get that laugh because everybody has lived that. Um, of course they but have. You can avoid it by trying just to get a sense of does the person really want the job or want a job? Big difference. Good point. I have a, I just made an executive decision I have to announce to my panel. We're going to skip the last break because this conversation is too good to interrupt, but I'm going to interrupt it just for a second and ask you all what you're drinking today. You know our little coffee break gimmick we do on the show. We never got to it because you're all so engaged in the conversation. I couldn't get that in. So let's go back and start with Herb Greenberg in Princeton. What are you drinking today or what do you want us to think you're drinking, Herb? Give me a little coffee break story and then we'll go right to our crystal ball predictions. Talk to me, Herb Greenberg. Herb, can you hear me? I, I didn't hear exactly what you said. What are you drinking today? What's in your cup? The coffee break. Okay. I don't think Herb got it. Selly, jump in. We'll get back to Herb. Selly? Hey there. So I am drinking green tea. I am uh, I am a an interesting ethnic background. I'm half Jewish, half Chinese. And I've spent a lot of the last six months kind of adopting a lot of different Eastern practices back into my lifestyle, uh, doing breathing exercises and uh, and meditation. And a couple of my my coworkers are are trying to get me into yoga. And so green tea is a, a pretty important piece of that shifting away from consuming 18 cups of coffee a day. Jewish and Chinese, that's a new one for me. Very, very interesting. One side is mishpacha. What's the other side? Is there a word for it? 
What's that? Sorry. <laughs> One side is the mishpacha, the, yeah, the Jewish exactly, side. What, exactly. What's what's the what do we call the Chinese side? You want to give us a new word? <laughs> no, I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> there was a small group of us. I went to Stanford that were half Chinese, half Jewish. There were three of us, and we used to hang out with each other and uh, and make trouble together. Very, I like the make trouble part. Chris Dunn, what are you drinking today? I have no tie to meditation. I just want to say that um, up front. <laughs> I, I lifted a Vinti Pike of Starbucks from the Lowe's Hotel in uh, Midtown Atlanta. Spoke there earlier today, and I thought, I'm, I'm always on caffeine. Usually I beat to Diet Mountain Dew by this time of the day, but for now, it's still Starbucks. I appreciate that. Thank you. Will Staney, what are you drinking today? I am drinking a cup of the world-famous Polkari's coffee house Italian blend uh, from Boston, Massachusetts. I last year visited our Success Factors office there in Boston, and we did a, a little uh, tour of the Italian uh, districts there, a little Italy area of Boston, and went into Polcari's, and I got some of that Italian roast, and I loved it so much that I've been having it shipped to my house monthly ever since. Oh, uh, how fun so. is that? That's that's so a good pleasure. story. Herb, Herb Greenberg, do you, can you hear me now? Can you tell us what you're drinking today, Herb? I hear you. Now I hear you. Yeah. Okay. What you drinking? Nope. I don't think Herb heard me. Okay. I tell you what. My co-producer, Malcolm Kimberlin, says it's been too long since I've sat down with Major Dickinson. I, it's Pete's Coffee, rich, complex, and full-bodied. I appreciate that very much. And, you know, my panelists, I'll tell you, they don't let Bonnie have caffeine on show days. I wonder why. You know what? We're going to go right into our final segment here, which is called the Crystal Ball. I have just enough time to give you each about a minute and a half. Herb Greenberg, can you hear me? I want you to give us your predictions for recruiting yeah, practices. You said I could speak a minute and a half. Go ahead. Give me your predictions, Herb. <laughs> Please. Okay. Now. Herb, now? Yes, now is the time. Talk to me. Okay. I, I, I really apologize for this awful connection. That's okay. Uh, I, again, I think the, um, the, the, the key is to look at the individual. It has always been the key. But it's really becoming more and more of the reality, not simply because we're good people and it's the right thing to do, or you or a company wins a Sloan Award, but it, it, it actually is good business to, to get people into a job that fits their personality, that says, this is what I was made to do, whether somebody said I should do it or not whether I've had the experience of doing it or not. But if I, if I have the key to, to, to do particular functions, I can learn those functions. Uh, if I'm fundamentally not a human being tuned into that, you can teach me from now until health freezes over, and I'm not going to be all that good. I'll be at best adequate. And what we so so what we end up doing is settling for adequacy, settling for recirculating mediocrity, recirculating mm -hmm. the people that have only been adequate at best, and keeping them at that level rather than really digging into people and saying what can we really do our best to maximize them. It's like taking a guy who can throw the baseball 100 miles an hour and working to teach them how to be a cleanup hitter 
which you'll never get them to be. But what about making them a better picture? That's the point. And that's a kind of exactly what we're saying. Make it's it, We all, recruiters, people who are hiring, HR people, placement people, all of us can just work to say, let's get the right person into the right job. Unemployment is a, is a problem, but misemployment, people underdoing what they could be contributing is a far greater problem than simply not filling a job for a month or two. So that's that's kind of where we are. Thank you very much, Herb. Great insights. And Herb, I know you've had trouble hearing me, but we've heard you loud and clear, and your insights are gold. So thank you very much, Herb. David Selly Selinger from Rich Relevance. I'll give you a little over a minute to give me your predictions. What do you see coming down the pike, perhaps five minutes, five years ahead, Selly, in terms of what will recruiting best practices be like then? I'll, One I'll minute, I can give you five to ten years, and, and I'll start out with. Yeah with the headline of the answer, is that I believe that the, the leading companies in the world, the companies that are on the aspirational track, will have a chief person officer, a CPO, a person who, like the head of sales, drives a Porsche to work every day because they're that important to the business. And I think that, that's kind of the headline of, of this, that the, this person will combine all the different aspects that we're talking about. They'll combine the ability to leverage the best of marketing to attract the best talent. They'll think about people as a whole, and they'll be training people on skills that they can either use here or elsewhere, recognizing that the, the, talent, the battle for talent is not a one-time battle. You don't win that when you bring somebody to the company. It's an ongoing battle, and that you've got you've to recognize that your employees and the best talent in the world always has options. And then the third piece will be on the retention side, that these people will recognize that if you build the complete virtuous cycle – that you attract the best people, you train the best people to have skills that are valuable in the marketplace, and then you retain them based on what they're able to contribute to the business. If they're able to hit all three of those things, your total cost of talent goes down because your, your most expensive point of talent is replacing people. And if you can just drive up the ability to, to train, retain, and, and keep the best talent, you're going to have a really impactful thing. And again, I think in the context of the businesses, we'll see these people being compensated and being as desired as the chief person officer uh, as, as the head of sales. Thank you very much. Great insights, David Selly Selinger. Chris Dunn, I give you a minute. Talk to me. Can you look hey. ahead five years, Chris? Yeah, so I'll give you some time back, Bonnie. I, I think what we're going to see is that big, formal, stiff companies, you're going to see some of those companies figure it out, and they're going to become more transparent in terms of how they talk to the candidate pool, and that's going to have a profound in, impact on their ability to recruit and also to retain, because I think one of the people said it earlier in the panel, you know, doing that type of transparent messaging about a day in the life and also sharing some negative information about what it's like to work at a company not only does great things to your recruiting brand, helps you attract talent, it also helps you retain people. So I think the big trend that we're going to see, small companies already have the flexibility to do that. Big companies have been afraid. They're still control-oriented. But I think what you're going to see is you're going to see some big, big brands break out of that that have traditionally been conservative. And they're going to become very transparent, and they're going to be the leaders because of the recruiting results and also the retention and the engagement results that they get. So that's my prediction. Look for literally two or three members of the Fortune 50 
to dramatically change their level of transparency into that day in the life to share yep. negative information, and it's going to change things, and it's going to pull some other people that way. Thank you, Chris. Will, I can give you exactly 25 seconds for your summary on predictions because i got to close the show. Talk to me, yep. Will Staney. I would even add on to what Chris was saying is those companies are, are, are going to do that. And I think what they're going to start is changing the recruiting industry and the recruiter's life from sort of this reactive, chaotic world we live in now to more of a proactive. And we're going to do that, a lot of that, through big data and analytics. I think what's going to happen is we're going to move from a sort of a siloed recruiting model to an integrated recruiting model where from both technology standpoint and where recruiting sits within a company's organization. From a, from a technology standpoint, you're going to see recruiting systems talking to other business-like systems. So let me give you an example. Let's say you're a company and your product sales in a certain region are just going up and demand keeps going up. But what happens is your fulfillment software pings your recruiting software saying, hey, in about two months, you're going to need to hire more people in this location. And the recruiters start pipelining. I think technology is not going to – I hear a lot of people saying technology is going to re- replace the recruiter. No. I think no. technology is going to make the recruiter more strategic and better and more efficient and more proactive. It has the biggest thing. The big winners in the recruiting technology era in the next five to ten years are the ones that are going to figure out big data and be able to make it to where recruiters aren't living in this reactive, chaotic world all the time and filling positions so quickly that they are making bad hires and allow them to be more proactive, build warm pools of talent at the front end, know when to engage with candidates at the right time, and, and things like that. So it's going to be big data helping out Thank- recruiters be more pr- Thank proactive. you, Will. Thank you, Will. Out of time. I have to do a couple of announcements here. Next week, October 22nd, our topic on HR Trends with Game Changers will be HR Business Models. The Globalization of HR. Tomorrow on Coffee Break, CR, Corporate Responsibility, Nice to Have or Must Have, Part 2. And Thursday, Startup Focus with Game Changers, Dreaming Big, Selling to the Enterprise. Thank you, Dr. Herb Greenberg. Thank you, Sally Selinger. Thank you, Chris Dunn. Thank you, Will Staney. Thank you, Liz Brenner, Tom Flanagan, Malcolm Kimberlin, Brad and the Business Channel team. And to our tweeters, Graham, thank you. Jessica, thank you. Sven Denikin, lovely to see you on Twitter. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Day. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week. With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. Today's reality, your HR department is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line, you need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Come